step inside the universe. Welcome to Inside the Universe, Woo Squared. That's a little bit of woo times two. In these shorter episodes, you're going to hear more of me, like an audio journal, on universal topics like abundance, resilience, working with the moon, manifestation, meditation, and much, much more. Inside the woo. Hey, Colette, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm excited that we're doing Woo Squared. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I have a, I think it's going to be a fun topic today. I just got a new journal on the weekend and I was so excited (laughs) to crack into it. Um, I wanted to ask you, because we haven't really chatted about like your journaling practices and like how somebody even starts you know, get started in journaling. Oh, I have so much to say about this. I didn't know you were going to talk about journaling. Okay, let's start at the beginning. So I have, well, I actually ended up getting rid of, I don't know how many boxes, boxes and boxes and boxes of journals. I still have a journal from 36 years ago where I wrote down my favorite affirmations. I still have that journal. And I wrote it very specifically with one of those pens where, you know, when you stick the ink cartridge in the pen, it was mm-hmm, a like the calligraphy, calligraphy pen. Yes. You betcha. Um, I made this beautiful little journal of everything. And it was like 36 years ago. So I have been journaling, like I am talking really journaling full on for 36 years. So it is an essential part Mm -hmm. of my spiritual practice. And when I don't do it and I fall off the wagon, the journal wagon, I do notice that I have more of a hairball in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Just to get, it's all like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes I tend to get a little overwhelmed sometimes because I'm a total empath. I pick up everything. Sometimes I don't know what's mine and what's other people's. But um, so I'm going to say that when I first started journaling, I learned how to journal in a program of recoveries from addiction. So I had a very specific reason for doing it, which was for an inventory, right? And so my first journaling experience was not about Dear Diary. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sunny out today. Yes. It was more that was mine. about, right? That was your, <laughs> Dear well, Diary. When I was, yeah, Dear Diary. When I, had a kid, <laughs> when I was a kid, I had little diaries. But it was more about um, taking a look at a really, you know, again, rigorously honest look at myself to the best of my ability because I I can say that, you know, over the years, I've become more aware of of my own ways in which I can pretend to to myself. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it was really effective because I wrote about very specific things. And I always wrote about my resentments, my fears, if I was angry at all. And then I would write a gratitude list. So I would first dump, right? So I would have a dumping. For me, it was dumping. And then I would kind of sort, it's like, going through the trash. You know, yeah. like, let's go find the treasure in the trash. Mm-hmm. And then I would find, ooh, there's something there. And then I would, obviously, I would then look at all the things I was grateful for. I always had to do a gratitude journaling exercise since the beginning because I could be really influenced by any negativity that if I were to write something down, sometimes I would feel ashamed, right? And so this way, it really kind of counterbalanced that both I could look at the shadowy aspects of my character, my behavior, the things that I was very unconscious of doing and that I wanted to clean up, but also I could celebrate the smallest things. That was very magical for me. But I also started very early on. So I'm going to go back because I had this therapist when I was two years 
years sober and I'm 36 and a half years sober now. So we're going to go back like a long time, 34 and a half years ago, where I had a psychologist. She was a Jungian therapist. She was a spiritual psychologist I went to who used the tarot. She used the Handel version of the tarot, very specific tarot, because I'd never seen that before, as a way for us to kind of hone in on what it was that I needed to look at that session. And it was never about, you know, to look at the rotten bananas. It was more about how do I stay in greater connection to my higher power? Mm -hmm. Like what could be either standing in the way, but also what was the bridge? What could I be focused on so that I could have more of a connection to my spiritual life? So cards and journaling came together for me a a long time ago. So I don't think I even told you this, Connie, but I'm actually doing a course for Hay House on the magic of journaling with Oracle cards. Ooh, that sounds amazing. (laughs) Sign me up for this. I love surprises. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, and the reason is because that it kept me on my spiritual, it was part of my spiritual practice, but it really kept me honest and it kept me creative. Mm. So it, it really kept me in that magical connection to the epiphanies. It is so meaningful to me how it changed my life to marry those two things. But let's just go back to journaling without the cards for a second. So I found at times, because I've I've taken so many different ways to journal, including my favorite, and I was mostly influenced by The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. So that plus Oracle cards, plus my recovery program, all kind of mushed together to form my own specific way of doing this. And so I found that doodling, two things helped me when I got stumped. Like sometimes I would stare at the page and like going, I don't know what to write. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I kind of got all boggled up in the head. Pulling an Oracle card always helped me fix that. But sometimes I was in a, a knot or I was in a, not in a really clean headspace and I was either anxious or I was overwhelmed or I was mad or I was, I don't know, any of those kind of, you know. Emotions. Right. Mm-hmm. Emotional hairballs. I, I always mm-hmm. like to call everything hairball. <laughs> Because it reminded me one time when I saw a cat do that, I'm like, oh my God, that's like my head, (laughs) right? (laughs) You know, you have all these complex things that just mush together and you don't know what to do with it. So I found that walking uh, before journaling or after just attempting it, doodling also was a way for me to journal. So both and where I would actually doodle, 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 doodle until I would have a download. And then I would find also like pulling a card after I had cleaned my energy. So when I say clean my energy, going for a walk, uh, sitting down, doing the gratitude list first, right? Rather than the litany of this is what's happening, me, right? Because <laughs> sometimes yeah. you can, you know, we actually, over the years, as I've been teaching, I've actually created a, an opportunity for people to have two different journals, one called a dumping ground, which is what I did when I was training coaches in my Master Intuitive Coach Institute, which is now defunct, but it was really, really a really great way for us to recognize that that's energy that we want to dump out. Like we take the garbage out every two weeks like we would or every week. But, you know, you clean out by dumping it down. I call it the head dump or or if you have negative emotions, you dump it like it's in the garbage and then you put the epiphanies in a separate journal. So I have two journals, one where, and I actually can see the patterns of the negativity and how I'd get triggered, et cetera, in the one journal. And then in the other one, there would go all the gratitude, all the epiphanies, all the reasons why I have changed and what to do next. And so you recognize that, wow, this is energy. You feel completely different when you're coming from 
a place of gratitude and surrender and curiosity than when you're journaling from a place of resentment, anger, etc. Also, the other thing is, is that I learned early in recovery, which relates to journaling when it comes to the inventory, is it's not there to judge you. It's there so that you could understand yourself better and recognize that for me, everything came down to one specific concept, which is self-centered fear. I'm not going to get what I want. I'm not enough. Somebody else got what I wanted. They did this to me, you know, or like I will be harmed. Some reason why it would come back to me not being safe or me, you know what I'm saying? It's all, It was about yeah, self-centeredness. Like survival fear. Correct, right? So that was also very good because once you could start to see a pattern, it's less personal. You know, when you put it down, you think it's really personal, but then you recognize the more you do this, it becomes less personal and you start to realize that you are actually a spirit in the vehicle of a body experiencing different things in life with other people, because it's always going to be with other people, Mm -hmm. where together you end up either creating some pain that you might need to learn and grow from, which has been my experience that the most painful things that have happened to me in life have created an opportunity for me to grow, but also that life is less personal and you learn to wear the world loosely around your shoulders once you start to have a specific practice and you keep going. Another thing that I would like to say about journaling is when it comes to energy in the journal is not to judge. It's just like, put it down. Like, who cares? You're the only one that's going to read it or hopefully you'll be the only one that's going to read it. (laughs) And uh, like when I also think, the reason I kept all my journals is because I'm kind of like a journal squirrel. Like I I don't. (laughs) Me too. And I love them. I I love to look at the journal section of all bookstores. Like, Mm -hmm. And I have my favorite journals that I buy 10 of at a time. Like these, (laughs) there's smaller and they fit my purse Mm. and they have the rings and I I do not like lines. Okay, that's the other one. I like my journal unlined. Thank you very much. So don't give me one with the little squares either. They make me feel (laughs) totally cuckoo. (laughs) (laughs) The dotted journal. Oh, I can't do that. I bought them. I bought one and I'm like, I can't do this. Oh my God, it's giving me an anxiety attack. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) Interesting. That's really good Isn't that weird? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so finding what works for you. But again, you know, if you have trouble journaling, pick an oracle card deck. Just look at it as a theme as opposed to giving yourself a reading. That's not about Mm -hmm. that. It's like, what should I be looking at today? You know, in my life's journey, what you know, what's an important topic that I might want to address? Well, I'd love to go like a little bit towards the beginning of when you were speaking about your practice, how it really started or the catalyst was your recovery. So when you say inventory for anybody who's right. not in a 12-step program right. or doesn't, yes. yeah, yes. how, what does how does mean? a person, yeah, what does it mean? And how do you, for anyone listening who wants to get started and is like, oh, intrigued by the inventory idea? Sure. So, so imagine you have a fruit store. Okay. You would not keep your rotten bananas there, would you? No. 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 I mean, I just went the other day to get some bananas, speaking of bananas, and they had taken all these bananas that looked pretty good, but they were too ripe and they just gave them to me for free. Oh my gosh. So I was, (laughs) but that's got nothing to do with this. I just thought, I don't even know why I segued over there, but whatever. Okay. Everybody, let's go back to it. It's a good story. Exactly. I I got a free banana. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Abundant universe. Okay. So, Um, An inventory is when you take a look at yourself and look for specifically for your character flaws. Where have I been dishonest? Where have I hurt somebody? Where have I allowed myself to drink poison hoping somebody else would get sick, which is the resentment? Where have I been angry and not allowed it to, you know, move through me? Where have I tried to avoid something? So anything like, you know, like when you look at the seven deadly sins, for example, that'd be a good one. Like where have I lusted? Where have I, you know, where is like 
everything you don't want to look at, basically. Everything you don't want to look at, exactly. <laughs> basically that. Like, what needs to go? You know, right. and then, mm-hmm. and oftentimes it starts with blame. You know, it, it starts with blaming somebody, right? So I may start that, so-and-so did, blah, 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 right? Because nobody's going to read it. And then I realize, ooh, what's my part in that, right? So then I'm like, oh, well... Gosh, because I think it's about me. What if it's not even about me? So an inventory helps you understand what you make things mean also, right? Uh, you know, they, they call it in recovery a fearless moral inventory. Fearless moral inventory of yourself. And then you ask God to remove your defects of character. No human power can. Basically, you've tried and, you, you know, it, it didn't work. <laughs> mm-hmm, basically, mm-hmm. you get there going, like, yeah. okay, I need help. Help. Yes. Right? And then you're saying, I got to surrender my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand God or higher power as I understand a higher power. And this is something everybody can do. This is not, you don't need to be in recovery or recovering addict to understand what this is. But it is a way when you journal to start a conversation with the divine and then, you know, ask yourself, am I ready to let this go? And can I be willing to be willing to release this to a power greater than myself? And you start to recognize as well, too, where you try to control yourself and others, where you try to avoid experiences, etc. It's just a really good way to get to know yourself and to start loving yourself more and having more compassion for yourself. Even though in the beginning, especially if, if you struggle with shame or feeling less than, you know, you might be tempted to use this as a self-flagellation method, which is like, <laughs> I'm so bad. Boom, boom, boom. Right? Because mm-hmm. that's also not what it's meant to do no, either. It's not judgmental. Not. No, mm-hmm. it's about being curious about how could I do this better? Mm. How could I be a, a kinder person? How could I create more love in the world? And how can I bring a healthier me to the table with others? Uh, because ultimately, at the end of the day, any one finger points towards somebody else, you got the rest of them pointing right at you. Yes. yes. So it's like, okay, what's my part in this? And sometimes your part in this, and what I've found is that you might actually be, especially for healer types or empaths, I know a lot of people listening to this this audio are going to identify as you know a person who really wants to help other people, et yes. cetera. That's usually the mm-hmm. people that follow me. And uh, a common character flaw, the flossomeness of us. The flossomeness. <laughs> the flossomeness. Uh, the flossomeness. <laughs> yes. Um, is the desire to help can turn into people-pleasing. The disease to please, the right? disease to mm-hmm. please. And I certainly have had that. And I can tell you honestly that I can trace every single situation that I have been in that has been painful to that in me. And I'm like, I am very aware that I get in blind spots with people, et cetera. And it's a big one for me and I'm still healing with it and from it and working with it and on it and aware of it and try not to do it. <laughs> yes, um, yes, yes, you know, and it can be the shadow of the desire to heal others and help others, et cetera, et cetera. But then you're the center of it. It's not about another person. It's all about you, right? Because you get needed, you get paid attention to, you know, you get, you get control, but it's all, it never works out ever. Ever, it just, we all know this. Guess what? Anyone anybody, listening? Anybody listening? So <laughs> doesn't work, okay? You don't get any control whatsoever. Yeah. You cannot really right. ever. Influence um, at best in influence. any relationship, no. right? That's, no. uh, Tony Robbins said that many years ago. And you can never control anybody. It is influence at best, at best, if at anyone's best. even listening. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And it's interesting too, because I always get, get a kick out of the word influencer, right? You know, yes. so I work with a lot of people who, 
impact other people, impact makers. When I was doing my one-on-one sessions with people, they were always really high-level business people, which was what I was really good at, was strategy. And we would talk about how they would make a better impact in the world. Then when all of a sudden the word influencer turned into like social media people. Yes. Right? So it kind of changed because... uh, Anyway, again, I digress. So journaling has nothing to do with what I just said. (laughs) (laughs) But bringing that back to conversation to journaling. Uh You know, we, all of us have an impact on each other. Why not be the best we can be? For me, I got a second chance at life. I got into recovery. I should be dead. And I got a second chance at life. And I have not done it perfectly, I will say, along the way. But I'm still willing to do the work. I'm still willing to write in the journal about what I think is happening and what I'm making it mean. Like those are some of the questions I ask myself. What am I making this mean? What else could it mean? Mm. What am I making this mean? A lot of the journal work that we do at Oracle School, which I do once a year, is this. You know, the, yes. the Oracle cards plus the journaling, what do we make it mean? You know, who do we need to become in order to have the life that we see for ourselves? So these are all the kind of questions that a journal prompt can answer when you actually use an Oracle card to help guide the, your thinking. Again, there's other ways too, like uh, for those of you who are you know, going to go, I don't want to do an Oracle card with journaling, but I can say this, that a way for you, if you're a little stumped, go for a walk. I get ideas when I drive a car. I get ideas in the shower. The idea then would be your next action would be go write it down. The other thing I want to say about journaling is I am not a fan of typing. And there has been studies that say that that part of the brain that helps you really get deep with information is when you handwrite. Yes. When you use your hand and you use cursive writing. Now, I don't know if they still teach that in school. Do they? they? Your kid is in school. Seriously stopped in many schools teaching. I'm flabbergasted as well because I love writing and... Are you going to teach Isaac how to, how to write? I am. And yes, we've been using workbooks since, seriously, he could hold a pencil. So, yeah. <laughs> but, and he loves workbooks, but it is it is that tactical um, connection mm-hmm. with the neurology in our brain that really solidifies that idea. Even in school, like writing notes versus typing, it's such a different, your mind mm-hmm. is like, you know, multitasking almost when you're typing versus actually being thoughtful and mindful when you're writing with your hand to paper. Yeah. I mean, listen, some people can't, and I, I get that. Absolutely, if you're not able yeah. to, you know, it is mm-hmm. what it is. It's still good. But yeah. the best way that I have found and studies have shown is to work with a pen, uh, with your hand, on the paper, if you can, and make it a tactile thing that you haven't learned to automate. It's not an automatic, and you can see what you're doing. And Absolutely. Yeah. And just one other point for anybody who's listening who may not have access to Oracle cards, like physical Oracle cards, Colette has so many decks online for free that you can draw cards from. Yeah. So yes, there's a pick a card section on my website. Just go for free. And uh, I have 14 decks. I think we rotate them. I think there's three at a time there Mm -hmm. you can choose from. And just ask yourself a question like, what do I need to reflect on uh, today? And uh, or like, what do I need to know about this thing that I'm reflecting on? That's what, you know, so both and it really works. Very easy to do. And if you want to go deeper on journaling and learning about how to journal with oracle cards and meditation and more, uh, you'll want to take the Hay House course that I have. As luck would have it, Connie, um, we are just launching or I've just launched the course with Hay House called The Magic of Journaling 
with Oracle cards. It's really great. I love it. It's so easy to follow. It's bite-sized chunks. And I think everybody will really get a lot out of it. And I think you'll have a link to post somewhere. And we're going to post a link in the description. So thank you, Colette. (laughs) You're so welcome. Woo Squared is a production of Universal Network Studios. A special thanks to our recording engineer, Chris Dupuy, executive producer, Connie Deletti, content editor, Julie Fink, and audio post-production by Michael Seifert and David Shaw at Sumo Recording. Original theme music by Jerry Mosby. If you love what you are hearing and want to keep up to date on episode releases, bonus content, and prize giveaways, please visit us at itwpodcast.com. And we'd really appreciate a Wootastic review on Apple or Spotify. So please subscribe, rate, and review us on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. Thank you again so much for listening. And we hope you join us next time for another episode on Inside the Wooniverse, a podcast brought to you from the corner of Fringe and Maine. Inside the Wooniverse.